Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 6, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. For two weeks now, we've been dedicating ourselves to the study of a mysterious kind of darkness that now exists all throughout the world. A kind of darkness that's filled with and controlled by spiritual forces that we don't understand, but we know that they live and move and have their being within that darkness. A depraved existence and a condition of life that's not even imagined even in the worst of Hollywood movies. But though that darkness be hidden from our conscious minds, it's still so very, very real, and so much more evil and demonic than we could ever imagine. And it churns all around about us each moment of each day, concealed from our conscious minds, both by the mercies of God, but also by the blindness that the darkness brings into our eyes. And so the question that I would have for you and me to consider as we read these words, are our own eyes so blinded by the darkness that we accept its presence and its culture of vile behavior as simply being normal? Or... Are we instead prepared to believe and accept the truth of the words that I've given over these past two weeks that are written in Ephesians 6, verse 12? Let me read those for you. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, though flesh and blood does manifest much of the struggle. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now may I say to you and to me that we must, we must make the right choice as we consider these truths about what we believe. Because our whole eternity depends upon the choice that we make. As I ask the Lord to help me in my own understanding of this darkness, my thoughts were taken back to the very beginning, those very first moments when God first began His work of creating this world. You'll recall that He said that the world in those beginning moments was completely covered with darkness. A darkness that was darker than any kind of darkness imaginable to man. And the first thing that God did was to bring light into the world. Listen to these words. These are from Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. In the beginning, 
God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was void and without form, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. Now you'll note that as God brought light into the world, the sun and the moon had not yet been created to provide that light. The sun and the moon would be created four days later. They were not needed for the light because God himself was the light. And while I can't imagine God's kind of light, it was real beyond measure, perfectly lighting up all of existence. And yes, you and I will see God's glorious kind of light again sometime out there in the future when Christ comes back and brings the new world into existence. We can read about that on at the end of the Bible in Revelation 21. Listen to these words. Revelation 21, verse 22. I saw no temple in the new city of God. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And listen, the city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honor into it. God is the true light, a light like no other light. And it's described here as being His glory. His glory. And His glory illuminated all of existence back there in the very beginning in that newly created earth. And yes, God did on the fourth day of creation then go on to create the sun and the moon. And He did that to guide mankind and all the other creatures of the earth through their days and their nights. But His own glorious light still did remain. And it was described in these words with a simple expression, good. His light was good. And it was truly good. And Adam and Eve and all the other creatures enjoyed the goodness of God's light because it was so good. But why would God's special light be so very good? It's because, and listen, it's because all of creation and especially Adam and Eve, could see everything as it really was. As it really was. Not just the physical reality of the created things, but also the beauty of the holiness of God that filled all of those things. Let me say that again. This true light of God had a special ability to allow Adam and Eve and all the other creatures to see everything as it really was. Not just the reality of its physical appearance, but the beauty of the holiness of God that filled all of those things. Now I confess that as I try to imagine that kind of light that would reveal the beauty of the holiness of God in everything that I would look at, 
my mind boggles down and my imagination fails me. But then at the same time, though I say that, I also know that even now, even now, God is revealing Himself to those of us who have His Spirit living within us, giving us very special eyes to see. You recall that that was one of the expressions that Jesus would use. He who had, has eyes to see, let him see. God is revealing Himself to those of us who have His Spirit within us, giving us those special eyes to see, at least to some measure, the beauty of His holiness. And I'm also confident that on that day when we finally stand in His presence and He's called this world and this life to a close, that we will see Him and the beauty of His holiness in all of its true glory. And oh, what a glorious day that'll be. And I, I really do look forward to it. But back to those beginning days of creation. We know that God's special light remained there even after He created the sun and the, and the moon. That His light remained there in the garden most all of the days that Adam and Eve were there. And they thrived. Now how many days those were? A few or thousands, we're not told. But those were truly very, very good days. Good days. But then there came a fateful day when the prince of darkness inserted himself into the way of life taking place there in the garden. And before long he found a way to beguile dear Eve and then to tempt Adam, her husband. And from that moment on forward, darkness would begin to seep in and do its evil work. And God would remove His true light from the presence of men. and Then darkness would begin to prevail throughout all the earth. And with God's true light removed from them, Adam and Eve and then their sons, they became blinded to the evil influence of Satan. May I conjecture something? That while Eve was able and Adam was able to see Satan at first and see him for who he really was with the light of God, the true light being removed, suddenly they only saw a serpent because now they were living in darkness. Their eyes and their mind could no longer see the true reality of all that was taking place. And almost without notice, then evil began to replace all of that goodness that once filled the earth. And it was no longer good. And now ever since then, mankind has walked in this darkness, influenced at every turn by the evil forces that dominate and control and live within that darkness but are unseen by our eyes. And so here we are today. Here we are today. Every person who is born upon this earth is born into that darkness. It is the normal existence for all of us. And most all of the people of the earth will live and die on the earth and never know anything different. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. He did not leave us in despair. As He removed His 
true light from among us, he left us with a very special promise and a very special covenant, a covenant of grace and mercy, promising that he would someday return and bring his true light back to us. And he's done exactly that. He has done exactly that in what these scriptures call the fullness of time. In the fullness of time, God introduced his plan to bring back his true light into this dark world. We read about that in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. Listen, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. In these words, Isaiah began to tell the world that soon, soon the true light of God would be returning to the earth. I want to read about that, and I'd like for you to turn there if you would. Turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. I'm going to read the first 14 verses. John chapter 1. And notice as we read these, and I'm reading this from the English Standard Version. Notice God's use of two words. Word and light. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He, John, was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we see his glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now until the first moment that Jesus came to dwell among us, there was no true light of God to light men's way in this world. But thanks be to God, from that very first moment of Jesus' birth, His light began to break through that darkness. And as these words tell us, for those who would receive His blessed presence into our hearts, God's true light would begin to dispel the darkness that was born into their, into our souls. Think about that, folks. We were once living in the blindness of the dark world. But from the first moment that Christ entered into our hearts, everything changed. Light began to dawn in the darkness of our souls. And we can now begin to see all the things of life as they really are. You see things differently today than you even did yesterday, but especially than you did years ago. And 
delightfully so much more than you could have possibly seen before you knew Christ. But you and I can now begin to see all of the things of life as they really are. I want us to consider that for a moment. As you and I walk through our day intermingling with those who choose not to receive Christ into their lives, everything that's taking place is being seen from two very different perspectives. Theirs and what we're able to see. And no, we who have received Christ are not in any way superior to them. It is simply that the light of Christ that lives within us now illumines things very differently. Very differently. Does that mean that everything becomes crystal clear immediately once we're saved? We know that that's not so. But it does begin there. It does begin there. And from there, our knowledge and our understanding is able to grow all the more. But listen, listen, for us to do that, for us to then move on forward and for our newly acquired vision and understanding to to grow all the more, you and I have to join ourselves with His light as it flows through our hearts and through our souls and through our minds. And listen, the secret to any progress that we'll make in moving on forward in our knowledge of Him and our understanding of this new vision and sight that we have, it has to do with these two words. Word and light. Listen again. John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then in verse 14 we read, And the Word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now consider for a moment what God is revealing as He gives us these truths. Here Jesus is declared to be the Word. The Word of God. What is it that we're being told in that one single revelation of who Jesus is? The Word. Now our meager minds will never fully comprehend God's attributes. But this one attribute, the Lord Jesus coming to us as the Word of God, tells us clearly that Jesus is the spoken voice of God. And oh, how powerful that voice truly is. Jesus was the spoken voice who created all that has come into existence. Verse 3, All things that were made, were made through Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. God simply spoke. And all of the worlds were created simply by His voice. And Jesus was that voice, the Word. And for us, as we read these words that have come to us in these Scriptures, these also are the same voice of God the power and the wisdom of God, able to do things 
and to illumine things to our understanding that we never were able to understand before. Listen, these words from Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joint and marrow, and listen, and discerning the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Able to reach in his words as we would read his words. They bring this, this light that is, enables us to see things that we've never seen before. Understand things that we've never understood before. As this true light of God shines through these words, he enables us to know things. As I said a moment ago, to know things that we never knew before. We have read them. We have heard them, but now we understand them. Driving out that darkness within our souls and allowing us to see and to know real truth from God's perspective and not from the world's perspective that the darkness tries to explain to us. And yes, while the true light is being made available to you and me, you and I also have a responsibility in this. You and I must continually be reading and searching through His voice, through His words, the words of these Scriptures, learning the truths that fill their meaning. And as we ask and as we seek and as we knock, then the light of the glory of God will shine into our hearts and we'll see through that darkness. And the things that we read... And the things of this life will suddenly and miraculously become clear to us. What is the proof of the things that I'm saying here now? All we have to do is to look around us at the world and at the way that it operates all through its daily life. The people lost and pitiful and poor and wretched and naked and blind thinking that they know answers, but failing miserably at every turn. I'm not just speaking about the obvious corruption of this world, the, the Mideast terrorism or the, the inner city depravity or the Wall Street uh, corruption. No, listen. The darkness of sin runs to the very depths of every soul, every unsaved soul and manifested loudly and clearly in broken lives, in broken marriages, in broken dreams. The darkness is so pervasive. But thanks be to God, you and I who have Christ can see through that darkness and we can know what real truth is supposed to look like. I want to say that again. You and I who have Christ can see through that darkness Those in the dark can only see the things in the dark, but you and I, with the light of Christ, we can see things that are out in the light, but we can also see through the darkness. And it enables us to see things that we never knew before. And especially things that those who live in darkness will never see. Have you tried to explain righteousness to someone who lives in darkness. They have no ability to comprehend. 
But we can. It's all because of this light of Christ. But now a warning needs also to be given. That if and as you and I fall short of our studying and asking and seeking and knocking, then the darkness and the failures of that darkness will surely return to us. And so you and I need to immerse ourselves within the words of these Scriptures every day. Every day. So that His light can shine out through them. And I want to encourage us, exhort us to step on forward and to really be diligent in digging into to the mystical truths that are here in God's Word. And then to also diligently apply them in our daily lives. And let me assure you, then God will be faithful to illumine our eyes all the more, enabling us to see more and more within that darkness. With every bit of learning that we receive, He'll give us even more. Don't you want that for yourself? Don't you want that for yourself and for your family? You and I can have that if we'll only ask and seek and knock and look to His light. Let me close with these words. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Let's pray.